0: Did you notice, Josh, that when they went to uh, when they went to break a couple of times on CBS, they uh, they had the Chiefs song, the Chiefs Kingdom song. Yeah, Tech Nine. Yeah, Chiefs Kingdom. I was like, "What? Oh, let's go!" Now I don't know if there's a Bengals song or not that's out there, but uh, I thought that was kind of cool. It gave me hope that maybe someday the rest of the world, if the Raiders ever get to this point, can fall in love with Ice Cube's Raider Nation the way that I did. Um, can I, Can we have a conversation about the play at the end of the game since I've watched it re-aired a thousand times?
1: Yeah, the the late hit, the yeah. non-holding. A lot of people are upset, feel like there should have been a holding flag thrown.
0: Oh, OK, I haven't seen that. I, I guess maybe I've been so focused. Oh, the, the screenshots. Yes, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> the screenshots. Correct.
0: Lot, lot of screenshots. How could
1: they miss this? Um, Late hit on Burrow. They didn't throw that flag either. I, Which again, gets I back liked. to the most hated conversation. And when, right, people, exactly. when people immediately say, ah, the refs, it's rigged. That means you're pretty hated. <laughs> By the way, the I,
0: I'm watching the, the highlights right now because we have ESPN on. And I will say, I think my favorite part of the post-game interview with Patrick Mahomes on the field, who, again, like I said – I, I'm pretty sure that I bleed silver and black. I'm supposed to hate Patrick Mahomes, but I find the guy so damn likable I can't. And plus, every time I try to hate on him, I think about Richard Christie's interview when he started crying.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. We're I really, we're so really much. close to another one. <laughs> I just love you so much, Mahomes. He's like, I right, dude, but- whatever, man. <laughs>
0: But the thing that I'm watching here that I miss is whenever Kelsey comes in, you can see Mahomes It's like, oh, "All right, oh, 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 okay." He's trying to push him back because <laughs> he knows what's probably coming. Still, though, I mean, it's the it's the rule. You 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 can't hit a quarterback there. It sucks. I feel like that. I feel we had what was going to be potentially an incredible finish taken from us uh, for non-Chief fans, right? Chief fans, it was incredible, right? But you you can't you can't do that. I mean, uh, so on my on my show last night on Fox Sports Radio with Arnie Spanier, he was like, "Oh well, um, you did he even hardly push him? Did he even hardly touch him? And did he have both feet out of bounds?" I'm like, "Patrick Mahomes was giving up. He's going out of bounds. I know you're going a thousand miles an hour. You're Joseph aside. You can't pull up. And you played a great football game. But as weak as it is, it's a penalty." You can't do that. I mean, people say, well, they never call pass interference on Hail Mary's. If you go up there and rip a guy down that's going up for a pass, you're going to get called for a pass interference. Um, it, this is different. This was a very easy play to pull up on. Let uh, or, or, me rephrase that. This was a very easy call because it's a quarterback. He's given up himself on the sidelines. You can't do that. Yeah, I, I don't know where the controversy comes in on this. That's a penalty. It doesn't matter if you get called that late in the game. Then don't do it.
1: Because folks are inconvenienced, Plank, that it took away the great finish for them. Ah, and probably. folks are upset that they hate Kansas City and didn't want to see them win. It uh, Here's the thing. It was not a borderline call. It was an absolutely late hit out of bounds. It's untimely. It's a frustrating moment for that flag to be thrown and for that penalty to be committed by Cincinnati, but borderline? It was not borderline. I saw Pete Futek yeah, no. and Doug Gottlieb and some other national voices out there. Oh, you can't throw that! You just decided the AFC Ooh. Championship game. Osai well, don't do decide the AFC Championship game.
0: I I will say though, I, I there, there was this part of me that my heart did hurt for Osai. but whenever I have people, and I like Jordan Schultz, Jordan Schultz is going to come on the show probably this week. Uh, but when Jordan's tweet, tweeting, is like, Can't, Cincinnati didn't lose this game because of the mistake that Joseph Asai made. And in my mind, I'm like, well, eh. I
1: mean, <laughs> it's one of the reasons.
0: <laughs> I, I And then I don't know. I, I, again, I, I say this a lot on the show, Josh. I'm a big red zone guy. I watch all the Raiders games. Um, I watch the Monday night games, right? I just I, – I consume football. I don't usually get to watch a lot of – the, the morning game start to finish or the because I'm on Red zone right I watch Andrew Siciliano or Scott Hansen so I guess I haven't been around for the regression of Jim Nance and Tony Romo um and I actually kind of thought Romo was a little bit better this game than he was the game before but I mean what happened what Romo literally says some of the and, and again he's making Thirteen million dollars or whatever it is to go call the game. So, insert your oh plank. You just you're just jealous because you want that money. Well, y- yeah, but I'm never going to be an analyst on CBS, so I can be a fan that sits there and tells you when something is terrible. He's terrible. I don't know what happened here. He was entertaining and he was fun.
1: I mean, I'll give you at the end of the. Oh, go ahead. I- I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, plank. Say what you're going to. No, say. No, go ahead,
0: I- please. I won't stop. I won't stop. You need to go. <laughs>
1: One thing that illustrates how bad Tony Romo was in this game, Plank, he had no idea, no idea that Blake Bell was inactive in the game. He's, oh, maybe they'll bring Blake Bell in here. <laughs> Have you looked at the inactive <laughs> list for either team? I, I, mean, I didn't even catch that. You, you're getting paid, and, and I love I love Tony Romo. I'm the last person sure. to jump on here, and I still think he was pretty good last night, but if I'm making the argument that he was bad, how Can you not just grab the inactives list and look at both teams inactives? And I get we make mistakes, right? Like in the heat of a broadcast, you might know that this is somebody on the inactives list. So, look, I, I get it. I've made mistakes broadcasting too. But, boy, when you're getting paid millions of dollars for an AFC championship game to not know that a player is inactive is pretty bad.
0: They, He and Jim Nance, I don't know if they were like, trying to make Osai feel better about it or something, but whenever they were trying to say that the field goal attempt would have been like 53 or 50, it would have been a 60 yard field goal attempt had they not had that 15 yard penalty. I don't I don't know where that number came from. It was a 45 yard field goal attempt. You add 15 onto that, I mean, I'm not great at math, but um, that's 60, so whenever they're sitting there, on, on even the last field goal, instead of celebrating is like, well, without that penalty it would have been like 52 yards, and I'm like, N- no, no. It, 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 what are you guys talking about? Am I crazy? Because it, it would have been a whole different, I mean maybe they still would have brought up Butker, maybe he just... One sideline route. Yeah, or one quick sideline route, right, right, one, one quick out, to try to get it a little bit closer. But, it's it's still a difference between a 45 yard field goal and a 60 yard field goal right so I I don't know what the hell they were talking about at the end of the game and I don't know if I don't know if CBS looks at that and says see you guys are talking about it so that's what's important or if you step back and you're like Guys, what the hell are you – what What are you doing? Romo's trampling all over Nance the whole game. I don't like to complain about the broadcasters. I feel like it's all I've done the last two weeks with Romo. But holy smokes, man. What, did, what does Teddy always say? Did he Kevin Sumlin, this bad boy? Did he have his great year in year one and just set the expectations too high? Maybe. Maybe so. Oh, my
1: gosh. I don't, know, he w- I, don't <laughs> I don't know, Jim. I don't know. I don't dig know, Jim. I don't know. I gotta confess. I look mistakes aside. I'm still digging it. i, I Tony. I, I'm I'm enjoying your broadcast, my friend. I know nobody else is, right. but I still okay.
0: That okay. it. It was very 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 interesting. Um, <laughs> Romo also didn't seem to understand that it's Arrowhead, not Burrowhead. He what was the other thing that he kept calling for last night? I mean, literally every single flag, every single flag is like, it looks like it's gonna be a hold. Oh,
1: Jim, Gene stared. What do you think, Gene? Was that a something hold? Totally like... different. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say did he call Burrow Game Day Joe or something?
0: Something like that. He gave him some nickname that he doesn't have. It was just I was cracking. And up. I know feel I however
1: feel however you want to feel about Pardon My Take, or the Barstool Sports guys, but they had one tweet that was pretty funny last night. Literally no one. Literally nobody ever, Tony Romo. Hey, here's Game Day Joe. (laughs) It's like, it was Game Day Joe. Nobody nobody says that, Tony.
0: It's like people that call ADAP. You're like, bro, it's not AP. Stop it. It's AD. What's the the great line that uh, I I heard someone on on Twitter put, if you – if you ever can't find your Sooner fan friend in the woods, or when you're looking for him, just yell. Adrian Peterson's nickname is AP, and you'll get. It's AD. It's AD. <laughs> like, Please, oh, there you I'm are. Found you, you, buddy. Found you, buddy. All right. Let's hit some of these tweets. All right. Uh, anyway, I don't know if you guys feel the same about that, but I was cracking up. Um, for the 405. Let's let's go through some on the on the calls near the end of the game. Okay. Uh, you, you tell me what you think. Uh, oh, by the way, we're live from Cavens today. I'm, we've got so many topics to get into. we got Joe C. and My sit-down with him. Well, sit-down. My interview with him from Saturday on XM. I want to share some of the highlights up. We're at Cavens today, guys. We're in the middle of a of, of wild stretch of winter weather. And we're going to get thunder snow. We're going to get thunder sleet. And you need to make sure you're prepared. If you're a business owner, um, Cavens is here to help you plow your Parking area, uh, streets, they've got you covered. Also, if you have an emergency, right, if you have a a pipe burst or anything of that nature, Caven's is here to help with water remediation. Amanda is here at 405-573-3048 in Norman and Oklahoma City, Tulsa and Stillwater, or online at com. All right, some text. The issue from the 405 isn't that the last call was wrong. It's that they had choked on all other right-call flags for so long that their inconsistent calling really stole the best part of the game from all the fans. Now, I would inject here and say I felt like that was an issue all day long. I felt like that was an issue from the Eagles-Niners game into the chiefs Bengals game.
1: And the Niners and just didn't have a quarterback that could make any of that matter at all.
0: Exactly. Exactly obviously Cincinnati um, did. If if you're in a position where you blow the very first major call of the day in an NFC championship game, what are we even doing? Like literally the first big play of game day was the Devontae Smith non catch, and they blew it. Whenever you have safeguards in place, right, you're supposed to have that extra eye in the sky to save challenges that are pointless, and they still blew it. So that just set a bad tone for the day in general. Um, do you, think, soldier. Do you oh, go go think it
1: was one-sided in Kansas City, Cincinnati? Be honest. No. I, thought
0: it, I thought it was terrible all the way around.
1: Kansas City that, that's had, how I felt. And, and rightfully so, Kansas City had a touchdown taken off the board. On a holding penalty, mm-hmm. that was a holding a, penalty, and a and pick the interception, taken away. yeah. But on on what was pass interference? So, look, was it great? No, but uh, I don't know, and maybe it's just the Chiefs' glasses for me. But that's why I'm curious to hear your your thoughts because I I didn't think it was just wildly slanted in favor of Kansas City. I really didn't.
0: Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm, I had the play by play pulled up, and I I don't really know. How much some of these bad calls ended up costing, either Cincinnati or these perceived bad calls, I should say, ended up costing Cincinnati um, anything more than just time, because like that was a really, really bad pass interference call, right? That was a really bad pass interference call. And the extra down they punted, the extra
1: down plank. I, I will, I should say this was a huge gaffe by the National Football League. It didn't impact the play, the official running on. Sure, he was running on. That was a huge mistake that they let Kansas City get that extra down. No doubt it was. But ultimately, none of that really mattered because Kansas City still had to punt. I think
0: what happened was that that call was one that ended up kind of shaping how people thought it was slanted towards Kansas City. That that to me was was the start. The third down whistle blows and they gotta do it again. And then on the next third down conversion, uh they get a hole that gave him the first down. I mean, it was it was a really bad look. But, like you said, ball don't lie, right? They still ended up having to punt the football. So the only thing it ended up costing was a little bit of time, and I mm-hmm. think Cincinnati had to take a time out there because what they had lined up Kelsey on one of the – as a wideout, and it kind of threw Cincy off, so they had to burn a timeout there. But, yeah, I just – I felt like in the calls that were bad that they didn't end up impacting the game unless you want to debate and you want to fight about uh, whether or not that was a personal foul, which, by the way, it was a personal foul. You can't hit a quarterback out of bounds. As soft as you might think it is – you can't do that blocking in the so, back on the punt return see i that's one where you can be mad about you can be mad about the hold but i mean if you're going to do that we're going to spend every single play finding a hold or finding an illegal block right
1: yeah well they definitely th- they definitely could have thrown a block in the the back flag now i do think it would have been was it just egregious egregious Genuinely, I don't think it was an egregious block in the back, but they could have thrown it. Absolutely, they could have thrown it.
0: Um block in the back on last return would have started last drive on the 30. Okay. I I will I will tell you something. I will tell you something that will not be very popular. You could call a penalty on every single play in the National Football League. So if you're going to live this world where you're going to screenshot and say, look, he grabbed him, he pulled him, he did this, he blocked, you could literally call it on every single play. And for a league that we feel like is over-officiated, some of those are not going to get called. Now, I've got to go back and watch the punt return. Was Was it as bad as some are making it seem or no? Whatever it comes to the block in the back on the punt return,
1: it springs the angle. I mean,
0: okay. Now, right.
1: again, I kind of look at it a little bit. It's tough to it's tough to tell from the angle. I mean, he's got a hand on the back, but does the does the gunner kind of fall down a little bit himself? I I don't know. You know, sure. It's it's impossible. A lot of people are going to look at that if you're looking at it from a lens of hey, I don't like the Kansas City won the game or Kansas City was slanted, then you see that and you say, absolutely, it's a block in the back on Kansas City. I think if you're objective and fair about it, yeah, he touches the back, but is there a little bit of tumbling on the Bengals player himself? Yeah, I think there was too.
0: Sooner Soldier said Burrow was getting late hits the whole game and they never called roughing the passer. I mean, literally, Cincinnati could help that by blocking Chris
1: Jones. (laughs) And, and that's <laughs> – it does boil down to this. Was there the late hit? I know folks are circulating that Frank Clark play too. The bottom line is Joe Burrow had chances to go win this game. As, as many things that went right or wrong or benefited Kansas City, like Cincinnati had the football to go win the game on multiple yep. opportunities. With two could, minutes to go. And could not get it done.
0: Yep. I, I'm with you. Cincinnati had the football after converting a third and forever. With two minutes to go in the game and couldn't get it done. That's all you need to know. By the way, Jim in Arlington brings up one of the best points uh, as we go to break. Once again, how did Tech never win a Big 12 championship with Mahomes? At least one or even make it to Arlington. Well, um, I think in fairness, we started back the Big 12 championship game in what? Uh, 17? Is that right? 16? And Oklahoma, I think he only would have had, like, one chance to go play in the Big 12 championship game. I may be off by a year. But I, I would also add, boy, those Tech defenses were terrible, man. <laughs> those Tech defenses were atrocious. I mean, he might have had one of the greatest individual throwing performances I've ever seen firsthand in my life, and his defense ended up giving up more points in 2016 to Baker Mayfield down in down in Lubbock. But it's I mean, you had not only Patrick Mahomes on that team, but who, Kiki Cutie, who had a, a pretty good run in the NFL. I'm sure Tectina could correct me too. They had a couple of tight ends that were really good, a couple of other receivers and running backs. Yeah, the fact that the fact that they couldn't ever get to even in a position where they were contending late in the season for a conference championship is one of the greatest mysteries I think there is in college football. With Mahomes. With freaking Mahomes. I mean, Brady, whenever he was at Michigan, at the very least, played in a New Year's Day Bowl, right? Everyone's like, oh, Tom Brady came out of nowhere. No, he, pretty good Michigan teams. He, Patrick Mahomes played on a team that got beat by 60 against Iowa State somehow, and he's going to win the MVP again and go to the Super Bowl for, what, the, the, the third time in four years. Unbelievable, man. How?
1: Texas Tech had a lot of bad around him you know I mean that's that's the only simple answer there it uh goes to show you that what happens in college sometimes a great indicator many other occasions not an indicator at all
0: so of all the teams that Patrick Mahomes has played in the playoffs he's beaten them except one who's that team that Patrick Mahomes still owes Josh
1: uh, New England, he's not beaten, right?
0: Ding, ding, ding. Uh, well, I guess you would include Tampa too, right? With the Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> really, Tom <Let's> Brady. Just, <laughs> Tom right. Brady's who he can't beat.
0: Tom Brady. That might be why. Mark Davis might be dumb enough to look at it and say, well, I don't know if he can beat Tom Brady. Let's put Tom Brady out here with. <laughs> Bring him to Vegas. With Colton Miller at left tackle. Brady can't, can't do anything wrong. Uh, all right, listen, it's 10-23. When we come back, your response to the Sooners and their win over Alabama. Plus, we'll hear from Taylor Robertson. History this week. And as T-Rob becomes the all-time three-point shooter in women's basketball. And again, the latest bracketology has Oklahoma among the last four in. After the Big 12 won seven of the ten games in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. This is the home of Sooner fans. Um, after the bottom of the hour... Uh, I want to play a little bit of Joe Castiglione. Whenever um, whenever Gunny determined that we were the most hated show on the ref, uh, one of the funny comments was, all ever talks about is the schedule. I'm like, well, it's kind of a big deal, dude. We don't have a football schedule yet. And I talked to Joe Castiglione on Saturday, and I asked him about it. And coming up at the bottom of the hour – I'll play what Joe C. said about it. And the future for OU getting ready for the SEC. Here's a good question from the 904. I just spoke to the OU ticket office. They're saying mid-February for the release of the Big 12 schedule. I've received 3M emails in the last two weeks to renew our season tickets, but don't know who we're playing. You know, 99.9% of the time you would know who you're playing, right? You'd be able to say, all right, so you've got the two or three non-conference games, and you know it's going to be, who is it next year, Arkansas State, Tulsa, and SMU, right? And two of those three are here, and OU is going to Tulsa. And I think I got that right. I think it's Arkansas. I could be wrong. But the the conference, you would be able to say, okay, so we went last year to Lubbock, so, so Texas Tech is going to be here. Uh, let's see, we went to West Virginia, so the Mountaineers are going to be here. Yeah, I'm not going to go through and do the whole practice. But with the addition of four new teams to the Big 12 and not knowing how they're positioning Oklahoma or Texas with those four teams, we don't know. We have no clue. And, I I mean, you're starting to see, like this weekend, I noticed, Josh, that the, um, like Kansas State, And I think Cincinnati started putting out a, hey, guess who we're playing and you can win tickets. So I don't know if they know or if they're just trying to come up with a creative way to basically say, yeah, we don't know yet. I kind of get the sense that we're still in a nobody really knows and they're not trying to be overly dramatic with it. Don't you? I don't think anyone knows.
1: Yeah, man. At this point, I don't know what to make of it. I saw... Trammel had his mailbag, I think, end of last week where uh uh-huh. basically he's saying that in his opinion, he thinks that this is tied to OU and Texas's exit to the SEC, which I think it's I easy agree. to it's easy to draw. You know, whether or not that's sourced information or not, and in the case of Trammell, I'm sure that it is, but whether or not you have sourced information or not, it's easy, I think, to draw a line from point A to point B just knowing that Oklahoma and Texas have this exit to the SEC right here on the horizon. We've waited months and months and months for a schedule. We still don't have it. There's got to be some sort of negotiation taking place. I mean, I sure, I get it that the Big 12 plank at this point, yeah, you, you want a little uh, – a little sunshine on your release of the schedule. And look, here's the, the big 12s moment in the spotlight. Look at our schedule. And everybody's talking about the big 12 conference. And that's great for the big 12. But at the end of the day, you'd like to have a schedule done and we still don't have a schedule done. And it's unusual that we don't have a schedule done. So there's, there's gotta be some sort of smoke there. And the longer this goes on, the more it becomes plank. are, are is Oklahoma playing in the big 12 next season? <laughs>
0: I know, right? There is this part of me that keeps saying, "Does this mean we're not playing there next year?" Benny has been waiting patiently. Benny, good morning. Welcome to the ref. What's going on, buddy?
2: Brother Chris, my friend. Good morning to you. Hey, I got good to it. normally. I'm going to ask you softball, but today I enjoyed. I have to tell you, I enjoyed your announcing the ladies' basketball. My questions here are number one. I've listened many many years on. What's uh, how much? Uh, a quarter. How many minutes in a quarter? Ten. Ten, okay. Shot clock yep. violation.
0: Uh, what is it, 35
2: in uh, okay. in, in women's college hoops? Yeah. Okay. Now, the other two is I want your opinion. I'll give you what I think. Okay. Of course, I've listened to some of them that you announced. Seem like, oh, you have, the girls have too many unforced turnovers. And unfortunately, it seemed like on one end of the court, more fouls are called. I felt like it should be called the same. I mean, one one team shoots thirty free throws more than your team. That's la Texas, Iowa State. I know you did the Texas game, and I just felt like that that happened. And seemed like it happened in the Iowa State game. I mean, when you have one quarter, one team has seven fouls, the other one has one. Right. And what's well, your opinion? first, do you think that they have too many unforced turnovers and in and the and in the, in the fouls? Okay,
0: um, Let's uh, and, Benny, I appreciate your phone call. Hey, Thanks my for brother, checking thank in, you
2: very much. And, again, I, I enjoy you on your softball as well as the basketball. And, and the other thing I want to tell you is thank you for on the softball when you put update how many home runs, RBIs, and the batting average. Thank you, my brother. Have a good day. and no I'll worries. tune in and listen. Thanks.
0: By the way, for those who don't know, Benny is blind right? So that that obviously is is one way to kind of help him better understand things. So that means a lot to me. I think I said 35, 30-second shot clock, so my bad, uh, in basketball. I, Boy, this is a tough one because when you... Texas is kind of, to me, the anomaly for the season so far for OU women's hoops. I don't know how else to put this, Josh. They were dangerous. They just did not protect the basketball in that game, and I haven't seen a game like that from this team in a long time, and and maybe I should be even more specific. I haven't seen a half like that for that team in a long time, and um, they fixed it, and they played tight, but they still lost to Iowa State this last week, and Iowa State was playing without one of their best players, so... That's that's frustrating too. Um, I think they got a, they got one of their bigs that was uh, out this weekend. But I'll but I'll I'll add. I just think it's a matter of Oklahoma being in control and not being out of control whenever they're trying to get to the basket, and on, at the very least in that game against Texas, if you're worried about the foul discrepancy. Um, OU was a little bit out of control when they were going to the basket. And when that happens, you're not going to get a lot of calls. Matty Williams had 10 freaking turnovers in that game. So it sucks. But it happens. Um, but, I, I mean, if the idea is are they, are they getting a bad whistle, um, to a certain degree I would say in that Texas game, probably not. I think the officials got a little bit caught up in the crowd. That was a good crowd they had. um, But I'll go back and I'll ask Brian what he saw against Iowa State. But in that Texas game, it was just – you ever have those games that you just can't compare to anything else? Like the – I mean, I was thinking about some of the – just since we're on the Chiefs and the Eagles today, like that Kansas City-Houston game, right, Josh? It's just you look back, you're like, I don't know what the hell happened there. But thankfully Mahomes played out of his mind and we didn't lose. Or even like the first half against the Raiders this year – uh what for Philly the games that they played without Jalen Hurts you're like whoa what happened here but i don't know dude i am a i am a firm firm believer that you can kind of create your calls and unfortunately for Oklahoma uh, in that game against Texas they were just they were not themselves
1: fair fair and okay you know on the road on the road you kind of expect some of that you know y- you just do And you mentioned versus Iowa State, what ten turnovers from Maddie Williams? That right. I'm not a genius, okay, but that's not a recipe for a road win when your star player turns it over ten times on the road. You just were there maybe some fouls along the way that led to one or two or a couple or more of those turnovers. Yeah, but again, you just kind of got to expect some of that.
0: By the way, a couple of other texts to tie up loose ends. Frisco sooner. Um, (laughs) Maybe the better question would be, why in the hell did Mahomes go to Texas Tech? If I remember correctly, he wasn't like a highly recruited guy, right? I think he was like a three-star prospect coming out. He was going to play both uh, baseball and football. And let me see. I pulled it up. They got him. Yeah, he was a three-star prospect coming out of White House, Texas. And let's see. Do they still have his offers up here?
1: Yeah, Oklahoma oh. State, Rice, Arkansas, Baylor. Now he had L.S. Uh, no, no, he didn't. He, he was offered only by Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and Rice. He had interest yeah. from Arkansas, Baylor, LSU, Texas, A&M, and West Virginia, but none of those schools offered him. And, oh, man. It, Texas and Texas A&M. Woo! So, we in and a miss.
0: Yeah, he was the uh, 22nd-ranked quarterback. He was the 132nd-ranked player in his region and the 99th in the state. So he may – not to go way, way, way in the weeds on your question, but yeah. Uh, Jim in Arlington writes, 34-14 advantage of the free throw line for the Cyclones. When does this OU Big 12 thing start, stop being coincidence? What's next? Balls and strikes for skip and the boys. It's getting ridiculous. Again, I'm I'm supposed to I'm gonna get Jenny on this week. She can't talk about it. Um, but again, I, I just I feel like that Oklahoma's got a guard without fouling. And unfortunately, that had been an issue against Texas. And I don't know if it carried over to Iowa State or not. And then a quick one that just came in from the four hundred five. Because this is kind of on topic with what you and I were talking about before we got Benny's calling here. Uh, your thoughts on Dennis Dodd's report? When the Big Twelve agreed to accept the four new schools, the remaining eight schools agree to take eight to ten million dollars a year in a revenue cut until the new contract goes into effect to pay towards the new schools. Um, yeah, we have, we've we talked. This is a fairly uh, older report. I think it's been out. It, it was out there what last week. Um so as I understand it that's part of the reason why you've seen kind of an increased hey we're we're okay with trying to go ahead and move on from Oklahoma and Texas because I mean that's that's a haircut that sucks I mean it's like the Pac 12 what do we find out about the Pac 12 Josh that they were overpaid 50 million dollars well when you go back to your you know, 12 schools, and you're like, listen, we need, like, 5 mil a ap- Well, I guess it wouldn't quite be 5 mil. What would be like, 4.2 mil a piece from you guys to help pay from this, this overpayment. That's just not money that you magically find. You, everyone's like, oh, all these schools have these endowments. And they're- no, that's not really how this works. You know, it's not like they can go and say, hey, what's up? What's up, Stanford? Listen, we need an extra 4 mil to send back. Right. Now, I'm sure there'll be creative ways to pay that back and I'm sure in the Big 12 there's creative ways to kind of make up for that haircut, but the easy way to make up for it is that hey, Oklahoma and Texas are going to pay their buyout and then we'll supplement back what you guys decided to give up to make BYU, Cincinnati, UCF and Houston whole. Did I I think I explained that right? Um so yeah, I I'm pretty sure that would I'm pretty sure that would accelerate it and I mean, if if I'm anyone with the Big 12, if you're an Oklahoma State fan that's listening right now, if you're a Baylor fan that's listening right now, the last thing you want is when this playoff expands to 12 teams in 2024, the last thing you want is Oklahoma or Texas or both getting your bid for your league. Now, you still get paid, but I think – that's the last thing that you want knowing that you have an automatic bid and a chance to build your portfolio beyond the two teams that are leaving. So I think a lot of things factor in. I think it's the first time, Josh, where I really truly firmly believe that the Big Twelve is in a position where like, okay, okay, we gotta move. We gotta get we gotta get away from Oklahoma and Texas sooner rather than later. Financially and of course thinking about the perception of the league when you have that expanded playoff in twenty four.
1: Yes, there's a lot of reasons to rip the Band-Aid off, but ultimately, I, I do get the sense that the other, the remaining eight, they're most concerned. Plank with the hey, what does our paycheck look like?
0: Exactly. So, oh, exactly.
1: You know, I mean, we we could sit there. You and I can debate and discuss that, but the, the eight schools don't care. <laughs> they don't no. care what the perception looks like. They don't care about getting OU and Texas out quick. They want the money. That's probably they, want they their should. Cash.
0: They do. All right, um, listen, so speaking of that, since we're on it, we got much more on OU's win over Alabama. Uh, Taylor Robertson became the all-time three-point shooter in college, women's college basketball history. Uh, Bracketology now has the Sooners as one of the last four in on the men's side of things. And we, we do have more debates about what the future looks like for when we're going to get a football schedule. So this weekend I had a chance to ask Joe Castiglione about it. We'll tell you and play what he said next right here on The Ref. All right, so a lot of debate and discussion about the 23 schedule and why it's not out. A lot of questions about the future of OU football in the Big 12 and obviously the pending move to the SEC, SEC. I talked to Joe Castiglione on Saturday morning as part of my College Sports Saturday show on SiriusXM. And I asked him, like, "Hey, what's 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 taken so long with the schedule release, and what has the role been for Oklahoma in this process?"
1: We're trying to build it up to a
0: crescendo, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> it's working. It's working. <laughs> so, uh, well, you know, there's a there's a lot moving there. It's not just
2: you know a schedule for the. Uh,
0: Big twelve as we've known it for the last ten or eleven years, there's an addition of four teams.
2: So now there's a schedule matrix that involves fourteen different teams, not just ten. And maybe that seems, you know, easy, but there are a lot of moving parts to it and it's going well. I um I'm I'm looking forward to when it gets uh released here soon. So
0: from that person, I don't think that Josie would ever go scorched earth, but I also don't think that he would be in a situation where he'd be blown smoke up our backside either. So whenever he says, hey, you know, it's going well, that to me says at least one thing. I, I don't think it's coming this week. Now, there might be other news that drops this week, but I don't necessarily know if his schedule is coming this week. But then again, I say that, and then I stop, and I wonder – Why the hell are they doing all these promotions? Why is Cincinnati out there promoting up its schedule release? Why is uh, West Virginia trying to give away tickets about guess our opponents? I mean, is there something more to it that's building towards it actually finally happening during a week when, let's face it, Josh, if you're trying to drop something to get maximum exposure, this would probably
1: be the week to do it, the bye week before the Super Bowl. Super Bowl – by week yeah. It, it, timeline-wise, would make sense. Or, or I mean, does it get buried if you drop it right before the Super Bowl?
0: Like, in other words, you wait until after the Super Bowl is no. over,
1: and then you release it? No, you release no. it like two hours before the Super Bowl, right? When everybody's hopping <laughs> on their, their phones and, oh, here we go. It's Chiefs-Eagles. Or is that a is that a bad idea? It's probably better hey, this but, week, right? But no, no, no. Here, here's a bit, here's a better question: Is it going to lead Sports Center?
0: No. Is it going to be a story that will even lead our local news? No, by God, they've got to tell you that you've got to go uh, scrape your windows and turn your heaters on. I mean, they've got to give you all this important information during cold spells. It's a big story to us. So when I'm, like, maximum exposure, I'm like, are you going to get to talk about it? I mean, and and really, the only way that it truly becomes a national story is if Oklahoma and Texas aren't playing each other or if OU and OSU aren't playing each other. And I don't even know how big of a story that is beyond our state borders, maybe on college
1: sports radio. Did did somebody float this idea out there? I feel like I saw some people talking about this. And I don't think you'd – you tell me if there's any reason you would do this. So there's Mm. been that idea of extra inventory, Oklahoma, Texas, play these big 12 schools, go to their place or whatever, you know, play them going forward in non-conference schedules. Is there any negotiation where OU Texas say, you know what, we'll play one more, play one more road game this year, one more conference road game this year to pay a little bit less on the exit fee. Is there any way you'd do that? Would that make it national news?
0: Maybe, but that's really for, Gosh, that's. I don't think you can. No, there's I don't no think, way. I don't think neither Oklahoma nor Texas can do that, knowing they already play the Red River shootout, showdown, rivalry, whatever, uh, in Dallas. And it's such an a headache
1: for the schedule right. makers. I know that you can just toss it into this machine or that machine, probably, and spit out a schedule, but that is just one extra layer you would be adding.
0: Yeah, I'll have more from our Joe C. conversation coming up tomorrow on the program, but really no new news. Um, We had someone that said they called the ticket office and they expect it coming up in February, but from a ticket renewal perspective, listen, you're probably going to renew your tickets because you want to go to the games, but in that same vein, you'd like to know who they're playing. So I think that the pressure is being turned up on the Big 12 beyond just, say, those of us in the media who want the content. All right, quick break. We're at Caven's construction on a very I don't want to say snowy, kind of weather aware type of a type of a Monday. My last weather update that I got from Dr. Uh, Kevin Clazel was that the lightning had moved away about an hour ago. It's gonna be cold, be smart on the roads. And if you have disaster that strikes at your home or your business, Cavens is here to help. Uh, water remediation, water intrusion investigation, and, of course, if your pipes burst, Cavens is here to help, 405-573-3048. It's Plankshaw Plank show on the ref. <laughs> I didn't realize how in-depth this – I didn't realize how in-depth Josh Helmer, this whole controversy went about some people thinking that the NFL is somehow fixing games. Here's how you would know if the NFL is fixed, they would start taking the lines off the board. You wouldn't be able to gamble on it anymore. That's when you would be able to be like, oh well. Can't gamble on the WWE because we know the outcomes. So stop it. What are what are we doing? What are we doing? All right, had to catch up. When we come back, top five stories of the day on the ref. Stick around. We're at Cavins.